Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 37 of Mud Her, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code podcast. Today's episode encompasses the phrase commonly spoken, the world is your oyster. So I got off on this as a result of the evening of emergence. I talked about that one or two episodes ago that I was putting on this evening. And I had it a week ago Friday where I really wanted to come together with a small group of women and really dig into this last year so we can emerge more mindfully, more consciously, more intentionally. And it was just a really beautiful evening. And one of the things we did is really use the food because we uh, dinner was a part of the evening and we used each course of the food as and looked at the metaphors in it to help guide us in our inquiry and look at everything as having messages and everything providing us teaching and you know both introspection and vision for ourselves our evening got pretty extended because the conversations were so rich you know, so I looked at the different aspects of the meal. And actually, I, I do want to give credit to my amazing, wonderful voice coach. 
coach, Jonathan Stancato, because I told him what I wanted to do with the meal. And, and it was really him who said, oh, you know, use the ingredients as metaphor and or, you know, the imagery or the meaning and, and just see what that evokes. So big shout out to you, Jonathan. Thank you. Because it worked. It worked so beautifully. And one that really stood out for me was the oyster course and, you know, how we looked at the oyster. So I'm going to get into that a little bit more later on, but I wanted to set that context here right off the bat that that's how I even got here to, to talk about it. So I looked up, you know, a few things before the dinner, but now I've looked at it even further and it, it just, it's it's so evocative and I, I just think it hits so many themes of mothering, rewrite the mother code ourselves, mothering ourselves and just our own, you know, big rich full life, right? So let's talk a little bit about this phrase and oysters, but first the phrase, just as in Rewrite the Mother Code, we want to look at, you know, everything in a cultural context and then make it our own. So the common phrase is the world is your oyster. So that has mysteriously evolved from its original appearance in uh, Shakespeare's comedy, The Merry Wives of Windsor. So that's, I wanted to find out who first said that. And it is slightly misquoted because that's often, you know, happens with quotes, but particularly I think Shakespeare references. The actual quote is the world's mine oyster. And it's pretty interesting because in the play, it's a couple kind of shady characters, right? And the one's trying to get money from the other and he won't give it to him. And then this character says, well, the world's mine oyster and I'll use my sword to get it. So it has this, you know, violent aspect to it, this kind of like, I'm going to take it sort of thing. But there's still real, you know, even applicable truths in that, you know, to sometimes to get what we want applies effort, right? So if we look at it just in that sense, and it's, you know, it's come to take on this meaning that we now kind of apply much more generally you know, maybe particularly to young people as they're emerging out into the world, that the world is your oyster. You can have anything, you know, that you want. It's available to you. But I think what we don't often actually talk about are these other aspects of it, that it's hard work. It takes effort. It takes work, both on the oyster's part and on the person's part to like pry open an oyster to get at the pearl. And I think that is something that's a you know, an, an issue in our culture all the time where it's another mythology, right? Like anything's available to me if I go for it, but forgetting that there's going to be a lot of pain and upset and really significant effort to get it. it. It kind of is put out in the world like it's just there for the taking, right? Kind of it's it's there and it's available and almost like it's going to be easy. So I think that, you know, how we've enculturated it doesn't really do it the service and it kind of sets well, if we're thinking about young people, it sets young people up to think this could be easy. So I brought it in to the dinner from the perspective of if we're, you know, reviewing our year and this past year with COVID, I I really kind of clung to this concept of, you know, it has to be violently broke open an oyster to get at the treasure. And I felt like we're violently broke open. This was something that was unexpected. It was, you know, something was of a violence to the world, right? And our worlds were individually and worldwide were, you know, violently like broken apart, you know, broken open to look at it in a whole new way, right? And I think I've talked about this in some other episodes, but just want to keep underlining you know, in that breaking open, we get to see what's inside, you know, we get to uncover. And 
no matter what, you know, uncovering it, we're going to get something because the oyster is edible. You know, it's this beautiful food that we can ingest and, and live from. Then there's also the the treasure and the potential of a pearl, right? But that pearl doesn't just magically happen. And I think, you know, this was another really important aspect. What I said to the group when we got to a course was say a few words, not too much. I'm saying a lot more here than I did at the dinner because I just wanted to plant some seeds and then let us kind of take off with it. So what I said, and I had everyone close their eyes, which you're welcome to do as you listen to this. You may or may not have an oyster in front of you that you're ready to eat, but either way, you can imagine this, right? So just these words of being violently breaking open. There's a chance of finding a pearl here, which, you know, if it appears to you in dreams or other things, it's a type of treasure. And that the shell of this creature equates to armor or obstacles to intimacy. It could be to connection. It could be to, you know, I, I believe like to ourselves and that life's little irritations are helping you to develop wisdom and patience. Pearls in an oyster are actually formed due to the irritation in the skin caused by a grain of sand, a piece of shell or a parasite. And that's what I left us with. And then we were silent. We ate, we took at least a first bite and then we journaled just anything that came up for us. And you're welcome to do that as well. If you're in a place where you can, because you don't want to like overthink these things and amazing things happen. Some people drew pictures, some people just allowed like words to come or phrases or, you know, and then even it evoked, you know, memories from this year that people shared and, and painful ones, you know, and, and the key of that was that they were most attuned to or proud of, or, you know, really wanted to capture that by, you know, some of these most painful times in the year, they let themselves fully feel their feelings. And those were the treasures, you know, and we were kind of it then ended up and that was the first course we accumulated treasures through the dinner. But I think something that really struck all of us and continues to strike me is a pearl doesn't just magically happen in an oyster, right? The fact that it's created out of the pearl working with a piece of dirt, a parasite, you know, it's I think in some forms, it's, you know, protecting itself, but by working with something that's in agitation or irritating or something we may not want in our midst, we can turn it into a treasure and we can make it, you know, into something. And, and uh, I think there's something just incredibly empowering about that. All right. So I want to say a few more things about pearls just to keep us pearls oysters in this. I didn't say anything about this, but the conversation also emerged into like, oh, well, aren't oysters are considered aphrodisiacs? Oh, well, where does that come from? So that's, you know, kind of a whole interesting take on it because oysters have been present in the human diet for more than 160,000 years. That's what some historians believe, but they've been, they were a staple in the ancient Greek dinners, right? Often paired with wine and, you know, and there's this, the myth of Aphrodite in Greek mythology says that the goddess of love was not born of parents but instead emerged from an oyster shell. So, you know, we can look at that from the whole sexual connotation. So Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, Hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. 
Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. First of all, never put together that, you know, aphrodisiac is Aphrodite, goddess of love. And also to clear the record, there is no scientific proof it does anything for us physiologically that would entice that. I, But I don't think it takes all that much awareness to, you know, open an oyster shell and look at it and, you know, not get, you know, what it represents or what it looks like and, you know, potentially maybe get a little turned on by it and its texture, its taste. It's like, you know, everything about it is very obviously feminine. And I think that's beautiful. And, you know, the whole mythology of Aphrodite, like she was born of the the sea foam, right? So we can then the metaphor of like the foam and sea foam and that coming together. But also, again, in there is the violently broken open, right? So all of these metaphors that are mixed in there, all of this is in us, right? This is all like wired in us unconsciously, these metaphors, this myth, this mythology, and, you know, ways that we can, that we just kind of blindly go along with things, which is something in Rewrite the Mother Code, I always want to have us become critical thinkers. Like I've loved looking into this and my awareness is raised just by, you know, researching pearls, oysters, the world is my oyster, aphrodisiacs. I mean, all of that, like, you know, wow, you know, so much we're going, that's going on around us unconsciously, you know, and a couple other things, just, these are just interesting factoids about oysters, like the oyster that we eat. So you'll never open an oyster that you're going to eat and find a pearl because those, they're a different mollusk. And the ones that 
pearls come from are a different oyster. So that is not going to happen. But I, what's so beautiful then thinking about pearls is it's because they're so, you know, the effort that goes into making them like from a living being, you know, is I think the preciousness of them. And it's the only gem, so to speak, or precious gem that's used in jewelries or had value that doesn't come from the earth. It isn't, you know, just made of the earth coming together, that it's made from, you know, a live being. And I think that's just really such a, another beautiful aspect of it. You know, we won't get into freshwater pearls versus seawater pearls, you know, all that. I mean, you know, there are a lot of interesting things about oysters, but I want to go back to the fact that the process begins when a particle, you know, what can be referred to as an irritant gets inside the mollusk. So this particle in essence functions as the nucleus of the pearl from very early stage. So once the irritant becomes trapped, the mollusk begins to coat it with this, it's called uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, N-A-C-R-E, as a defense mechanism, right? So it, it wants to protect itself, you know, from the irritant. Because of its, you know, natural tendency to do that, it takes something that's an irritant and turns it into something so beautiful, as we talked about. And it's this unique luster and then and then this glow. And then, you know, we have a perspective of it. We certainly don't see it as an irritant or, you know, something negative. We see it as this beautiful treasure, And how often can we, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago, I think around feedback, you know, how can we turn feedback or an irritant or something, you know, that we didn't necessarily invite into our lives or like COVID-19, we didn't invite it into our lives. How is what we've built in this year and built around us actually going to be a treasure for us? So I want to keep bringing us back to that because that was so much about what the evening was like and what we wanted to, to keep digging into. And I thought something else that was really important to keep in mind with this was that I wondered how long does it take for a pearl to go from this nucleus of an irritant, you know, into its, you know, beautiful, like maybe more fully formed and what's its growth rate. So the typical, most pearls typically take anywhere between two to four years to fully develop. And for me, that was, I I don't know, there was something that just felt so compassionate, I guess, right? Because how often I want to like, oh, I get an irritant, I have something happen. It's like, I just want it to be over, you know, and I just want to get through it or I just want to make it better, you know, versus like the working with an irritant, the working with a piece of feedback maybe or something. You know, I think we're going to be working with, we're not just going to immediately see the treasures from this past year. We're going to have to work with them and we're going to have to keep working with them. And I know my tendency, and I think some of ours will be to just not have that process. And then we won't, you know, if we don't, if we interrupt that process or we stop it or we, it'll just remain an irritant versus what it could be, the potential in it to be this beautiful gem, this beautiful pearl, right? So I think I'm hoping that you're kind of, you know, tripping out on this a little bit with me on this journey, but really getting, looking at and underlining again, you know, looking at cultural mythology around things we just kind of take for granted, um, a saying, this, in this case, it's a saying. Also then, you know, finding our own meaning in anything, honestly, that that we, that we want to and that we can choose to, and then allowing ourselves to really be with that. We also worked on savoring, really tasting our food, savoring it as another metaphor for what we can and is possible in our lives, you know, to really savor everything that, you know, we, yes, this was ingesting and, you know, putting in our mouth, but everything around us, it's such a beautiful thing to have, you know, intention around everything we're doing. And particularly this was around our eating but we did it in some other ways as well in the evening, but that was a really big one. You know, anything can be a symbol or sign if we let it be. 
So what was then really, I felt empowering for me. And one of the reasons I wanted to do it when I did it was I was going to be heading into a week-long leadership training with the right foundation. It's We call it the leadership intensive. And it's a week-long training where we go and you know dedicate a week to work as teams, really learn to apply consciousness and awarenesses. And Dr. Judith Wright does a whole bunch of just a tremendous amount of research to bring together to kind of guide us in our work. And then we do projects based on, you know, this learning and this teaching that we have. And the theme this year was on transcendence. You know, so we looked at thinkers like Abraham Maslow and Viktor Frankl and many, many others. We looked at left brain, right brain differences. You know, we've been talking about that somewhat as masculine, feminine differences and, you know, what it, that it really takes us using both sides of our brains and utilizing them and seeing the treasure in both of them fully to have this experience of transcendence, of going beyond ourselves and going beyond. And if we think of the pearl again, right, the pearl becomes more than that irritant, that oyster. It becomes something, you know, we can turn something and we can transcend mistaken beliefs. We can transcend old ways of being, one, by choosing it and two, you know, by practicing it. So this week of practice, like living this way and getting you know, lots of support from teams and setting, we have projects that we work on that have outrageous goals. And through the week, we just get more and more productive and effective and efficient as we apply these principles. And one that really came through powerfully for me that I want to to name here is, and it, go, it ended up going along. So I don't think it's an accident that this is what I, uh, one that I picked up on and used so well was, you know, I have historically seen pressure as an irritant, you know, meeting deadlines quickly and being under pressure and that as something maybe more to avoid. One of my visions was to move from seeing pressure as something to avoid or an irritant to pressure is pleasure. And wow, did that make a difference? Like what a huge mindset shift. I had so many opportunities through the week as, you know, as I stepped up in leadership roles as things kind of opened up and I already thought I was maybe at my limit of what I could take on in the week. I said yes to the next level. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what I was doing in some regards. And I thought like, oh, I should just kind of stay where I'm at because this is, I'm, this is good. This is, I still felt like I was stretching myself, but what will it be like if I stretch myself even more? And, you know, put more of that pressure on. And, you know, there are ways, like I think it ties with the violently being broken open. And I don't think that has to be so negative. And we put such a negative connotation, or I know I have, you know, to the word violence. And of course, there's plenty of reason to, but I think if I look at it from this other perspective of sometimes using more effort, you know, we have to use effort force, like, you know, to work hard at something. I might not be good at something yet, you know, but if I keep working at it, you know, I'll get that oyster open and I'll, you know, have the pearl revealed. And then, you know, as the oyster to keep going with the effort to turn that irritant into something beautiful and stay with it for, you know, what sometimes can be two to four years or a lifetime. I mean, I've been working on some of these a lifetime and just on this week felt like stepped into a whole new way of being, a whole new opening for how I feel like I can live my life, you know, with so much more potential and, and possibilities. And I really do, you know, have this feeling like the world is mine oyster and I will have to apply effort to obtain the treasures from it and that that effort is a beautiful experience and one that I don't want to shirk or set aside or just like have, you know, the pearls kind of like done for me or 
be man-made or given to me, but I want, you know, the the pleasure of my effort in it, my contribution and being part of a team that that did this and, and put these things together it was so powerful for me. And it, I just love that it all came together. And I love that I have this opportunity and I'm hoping it's striking some meaning for you and giving, you know, you all a perspective of how to, you know, look at this year, look at what's going on in your life right now um, as a metaphor to approach our continued reflection of this year, our continued work at creating and making, you know, what this past year and what we're still in, really a beautiful treasure. And I want to leave you with that possibility with that potential. And I can't wait to hear, hopefully I will hear from some of you on, you know, how you're making the world your oyster. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.